Welcome to the Trinity Western Chapel Podcast. As a vibrant part of life at Trinity Western University, Chapel creates opportunities for us to engage with God's story of redemption in Jesus Christ through His Word, prayer, and worship. We're glad you're listening and hope that you encounter God's heart for you and the world. Greetings, everyone. My name is Prince Thomas, and my wife, Marissa, and I hail from the Caribbean island of Antigua, and I have the privilege of serving as the Associate Pastor of Pacific Community Church, which is located in Cloverdale. And today, I'm truly grateful to Reverend Ellis and to God for granting me the opportunity to be able to speak to you from God's Word. And the primary focus of our message today will be centered on the passage, 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 12 to 19. And so I'd encourage you all to follow along with me as I read God's word for us. The message, the, the word says, Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through, as if something strange were happening to you. Instead, be very glad for these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to all the world. If you are insulted because you bear the name of Christ, you will be blessed. For the glorious Spirit of God rests upon you. If you suffer, however, it must not be for murder, stealing, making trouble, or prying into other people's affairs. But it is no shame to suffer for being a Christian. Praise God for the privilege of being called by his name. For the time has come for judgment, and it must begin with God's household. And if judgment begins with us, what terrible fate await those who have never obeyed God's good news? And also, if the righteous are barely saved, what will happen to godless sinners? So if you are suffering in the manner that pleases God, keep on doing what is right, and trust your lives to God who created you, for he will never fail you. As we unpack this loaded passage and text today, the title of my message is, Here's Why. Here's Why. But before we dive into the passage and the theme of my message, I would encourage you all to join me as I approach God in prayer. Heavenly Father, I'm so grateful for the opportunity to be able to have this opportunity to speak to these amazing young men and young women who are listening to this message today. I pray, O oh God, that your Holy Spirit will fill me as I share your words, and I ask, dear Jesus, that your Holy Spirit will fill those who are also listening to your word. Because, dear God, my hope is not to allow myself to shine, but I want Jesus to shine through me, and I want those who are listening to receive Jesus as well. And so we lift up this message into your hands, in Jesus' name, amen. Over the last couple of years, many of us have found ourselves using the word, why? in a personalized way with greater frequency. As a result of the global pandemic, I feel confident in saying that many of us have uttered questions like, why is this happening to me? Or why is this happening to us with greater frequency and regularity than we have ever asked ourselves those questions before? The majority of us at one time or another over the last 24 months have probably said something like this. Why won't this pandemic come to an end already? And the reason why we have been posing questions like these two or three that I've stated in greater measure today stems from the increased challenges and complications that the pandemic has brought into our lives. Now, 
As you would imagine, as you would imagine, we are not the first generation of people to increase our asking of wise in the face of difficult circumstances. In fact, many of the original readers of Peter's letter that we are looking at today asked themselves something similar to what we have been asking over the last couple of years, I believe. I believe they said, why is this happening to us or why is this happening to me in response to the hardships that they face? You see, many scholars believe that 1 Peter was written late in the year 64 AD. This means that the letter was likely circulated around the time when Nero set Rome ablaze. Now, it is believed that Nero laid blame of Rome's burning at the feet of Christians. So many followers of Jesus in that place and time faced intense and severe persecution. And it is with this historical context in mind that Peter writes to a scattered audience of believers in the Roman Empire who were being held accountable for the burning down of Rome and the death of the people who were in the city these words. Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through as if something strange were happening to you. With that said, the truth is we too suffer in our day. We endure trials that are difficult for us at times, and sometimes these trials enter our lives because of certain sinful habits or practices that we may have, and Peter addresses and cautions us against this in chapter 4, verse 15 of this letter. However, there are times when we do encounter challenges in our lives because of our commitment to following Jesus. No, it would be incredibly irresponsible of me to equate the trials that we sometimes face as Christians in the Western world here in Canada to what the people in Peter's day faced when he wrote this letter. What the majority of us endure for our faith does not reflect the persecution and the life-threatening circumstances that Peter's original audience faced. However, we do encounter difficult and real trials for being followers of Jesus in our time. In fact, I feel confident asserting that some of you who are listening to me right now are facing or have faced challenges that stem from your faith in Jesus. And with that in mind, I would like to share a personal story with you. One of the most significant trials that I've walked through for being a Christian or for being associated with Jesus or for having faith in Jesus occurred or took place in 2015. During that year, I left my home island of Antigua to come to Alberta here in Canada. And I did that because I came to pursue an MDiv degree because I felt God was calling me into pastoral ministry. But before I came into Canada and started school, I encountered my first real trial when I was on the plane. As the plane descended down onto the tarmac at the airport in Calgary, I looked outside the window and I saw something that blew my mind. There was snow that was falling onto the ground on September 5th. In all my life, I studied in upstate New York before I came here to Canada. And during that time, I never, ever, ever saw snow fall in September. And so I was mind blown and I told myself, this is the beginning of many trials. Obviously, I'm kidding around. But with all jokes aside, the challenges that I faced stemmed from the fact that I had given up my career as a financial auditor to become a student again, which meant that I went from being employed to unemployed. 
I also face the realities of leaving behind my fiance, who is now my wife, my parents, my sisters, and many of my dearest and closest friends. This meant that I missed out on being physically present for many significant lifestones in the, li in the lives of the ones that I loved the most. And one day, I remember the weight of these circumstances coming down upon me so heavily that I found myself walking in downtown Calgary and there were tears that were streaming down my eyes. And I asked God, why did he bring me here? Because I felt so alone and I was desperate to find answers because of the financial challenges that I was facing. And for those of you who are listening to me right now, maybe you too have left your home country to come to a land that is all the very beautiful and amazing and kind, but it's still foreign to you at times. And you probably left your homeland to come to study here so that you could receive further equipping for the career that God has called you into. Perhaps you have given up a career to pursue a less affluent path because of Jesus' instruction to you in your life. Maybe you are facing current financial struggles because of your willingness to step out in faith to pursue higher learning, or maybe you recently changed your degree or your major so that you could have the opportunity to be obedient to what God was asking you to do in your life. Perhaps people in your present life or in your past made fun of you or called you ignorant for being a Christian. And if you can't relate to these specific trials that I've mentioned, I believe that all of us here as Christians in Western Canada can relate to the fact that we live in a wider society that views Christianity with an apathetic sense at best. We are sometimes labeled as being intolerant and anti-loving, and we face the persistent challenge of maintaining a God-honoring and a holistic Christian ethic in response to the personal temptations that aim to disconnect us from Jesus. So these trials that we endure in our lives may cause us to ask ourselves and God a very familiar question. And you know what it is. Why is this happening to me? Or why is this happening to us? Why do we suffer in various ways from time to time because of our faith and commitment to Jesus? Well, I firmly believe that our text today gives us insight into three integral reasons why we as believers endure fiery trials during different seasons of our lives because of our commitment to Jesus. The first reason is this. We experience these Jesus-related or connected trials because they grant us the privilege of partnering with Jesus. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 12 to the first part of verse 13 and verse 16, we read, Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through, as if something strange were happening to you. Instead, be very glad for these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering. Skipping down to verse 16. But it is no shame to suffer for being a Christian. Praise God for the privilege of being called by his name. In these verses, God communicates through Peter to followers of Jesus in every generation that we should be happy to encounter and endure trials that come our way as a direct result for our faith in Jesus because these challenging circumstances place us in a position to partner with Jesus in his suffering. And we also gain the life-altering privilege of being called by Jesus' name. 
You see, the scriptures teach us, particularly if you look at Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14 to 18, that out of an abundance of unconditional love, Jesus, through his incarnation, became like us. He became fully human in every way while maintaining his fully divine nature so that by his debt, he might free us from the power of debt that held us captive. And he did this to atone for our sins. It is with this knowledge of Jesus' participation in our humanity in mind that should lead us to view our sharing in his suffering as a privilege. This is, what, this is because the trials that we face in his name point to the reality that we have been called by his name. This means that we are fully his. We are united with him. We have been grafted into his body. We have been imparted with his Holy Spirit being in us. And we have been granted the eternal hope that is only offered to those who are found in Jesus. As we face the trials that come our way through our association with Jesus, I implore us to always remember that we are given the chance to endure sufferings for Jesus' name because he has made it possible for us to be called forth by his name because he lovingly shared in our humanity to set us free from the bondages of sin and death, thereby granting us life eternal in God. So, as Tim Keller is quoted as saying, suffering is at the very heart of the Christian faith. It is not only the way Christ became like and redeemed us, but it is one of the main ways we become like him and experience his redemption. And that means our suffering, despite its painfulness, is also filled with purpose and usefulness. What a good word. The second reason why we as believers endure fiery trials in this life for our faith in Jesus is because our present suffering opens the door for us to be able to behold and celebrate the glory of God revealed to the world. 1 Peter chapter 4, 13 to 14 says, Be very glad for these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering, so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to all the world. If you are insulted because you bear the name of Christ, you will be blessed, for the glorious Spirit of God rests upon you. In these two verses, God makes it clear through Peter's writing that those who partner with Christ in his suffering will be granted the amazing opportunity of seeing or beholding Jesus' glory when it is revealed for all the world to see. This, Peter says, will be a joyous and a celebratory occasion for all who are present. Now, for us to be able to understand the magnitude of these two verses, we need to really take hold of what the phrase or the term glory of God actually means. To do this, I want us to look at a quotation or a definition that John Piper has given. And he says, The term glory of God in the Bible refers in general to the beauty of God's manifold perfections. It is an attempt to put into words what God is like in his magnificence and purity. It refers to his fullness of all that is good, the term might focus on his different attributes from time to time, like his power and wisdom and mercy and justice, because each one is awesome in its own magnitude and quality. But in general, God's glory is the perfect harmony of all his attributes into one infinitely beautiful being. I'll say the last part again. In general, 
God's glory is the perfect harmony of all his attributes into one infinitely beautiful being. What an incredible quotation. And this means that we as followers of Jesus will inherit the privilege of being able to behold and experience the wondrous beauty of all that God is after we have faithfully endured a few trials from time to time here on earth in this life because of our commitment to Jesus. So while the pain of the suffering we encounter is real and challenging and difficult, we must remember that it pales in comparison to the glory of God. As such, may we, through the Holy Spirit of Jesus that rests upon us in our present afflictions, continue to pursue a life marked by faith in Jesus, because one day we will see his glory and his beauty fully displayed around us. The third and final reason why we experience challenges that come into our lives because of our love for Jesus is this. Our suffering or the trials that we encounter allow us to be able to model the way of Jesus. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 1 and verse 19, we read the following. So we're going to go back to the beginning of the chapter and then right back to the end of the chapter. This is what it says. Since Christ suffered physical pain, you must arm yourselves with the same attitude he had and be ready to suffer too. For if you have suffered physically for Christ, you have finished with sin. Jumping down to verse 19. So if you are suffering in a manner that pleases God, keep on doing what is right and trust your lives to God who created you, for he will never fail you. In these two verses, Peter, inspired by the Holy Spirit, implores Christ's followers in every age to take on the same attitude of Jesus and that same attitude that Jesus had when he faced physical pain and suffering in the world. Peter also says that believers should endure trials in a manner that pleases God. He says that believers should be committed to doing what is right, and he tells us that we should place our complete trust in God because he will never fail us. With that said, I believe that we could sum up Peter's exhortation in these two powerful verses like this. Let us, through the Holy Spirit's presence in us, commit ourselves to modeling the way Jesus responded to his suffering when we face trials because of our faith in him. And how did Jesus respond, you might ask? Well, 1 Peter 2, 21-24 gives us insight into this question. The passage reads, For God called you to do good, even if it means suffering. Just as Christ suffered for you, he is your example, and you must follow in his steps. He never sinned, nor ever deceived anyone. He did not retaliate when he was insulted, nor threaten revenge when he suffered. He left his case in the hands of God, who always judges fairly. He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds, you are healed. When Jesus endured suffering here on earth, he did not respond by sinning against God. He did not manipulate others, nor did he fight back or seek revenge when he was insulted. Rather, he placed his complete trust in God, who will judge all things fairly at the end of this age. 
And the reason why Jesus lived this way in response to the trials he faced was because he was completely given into and he was completely committed to his mission to redeem, restore, and reconcile humanity to God through his life, death, resurrection, and ascension. With that said, may we also respond to the trials that we endure in our lives because of our association with Jesus in a manner that is reflective of how Jesus modeled it for us. May the world see that we are committed to stepping forth into existence, into our calling, into our journeys in a way that resembles the way that Jesus did it so that God could use us to be vessels that introduce Jesus to those, still, who, those who still need to find restoration, redemption, and reconciliation to our loving God. So, to recap, here are three primary reasons why we endure the difficult challenges that enter our lives because of our faith in Jesus. Number one, we are granted the privilege of partnering with Jesus in his suffering. Number two, we hope to behold and celebrate the glory of God when it is revealed to all the world. And lastly, number three, we are called to model the way of Jesus in our time, which will hopefully lead to others experiencing life transformation through encountering the unconditional love of God in Christ Jesus. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I pray right now that you will empower us all through the Spirit's presence to be able to persevere when we face difficulties because of our association with your name. We want to partner with you in all that life brings, whether it be the joys or the suffering. We also, dear Jesus, want to be committed to being around and being present on that day when your glory is put on display for all the world to see. So may we persevere until the very end. And may we, dear God, take seriously the call to model the way of Jesus in the world around us so that men and women can see Christ in us who will then allow them, dear Jesus, through the Holy Spirit's conviction to experience life, restoration, redemption, and reconciliation to you. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you all. Thanks for listening. We hope you are blessed and be encouraged in your faith life. Chapel happens every Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 11 a.m. in the gymnasium or online at livechapel.twu.ca. You can also stay connected with us by following at TWChapel. Until next time, much love.